Our next topic comes from Exodus chapter 33. Somebody wrote in on our Facebook page asking about two verses in this chapter. In verse 20, the Bible says, And he said, this is Jehovah speaking to Moses, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. This is very clear. God said, You cannot see my face. But then verse 11, same chapter, verse 11 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. Well, now, how can both of these verses be true? He says, verse 11, Moses saw him face to face, and then nine verses later, God says, no man can see my face. Well, right away, we can rule out any sort of contradiction because it's the same author writing this within nine verses. Uh, it's, it's not as if he lost his train of thought or he's tried to introduce some new doctrine. There's nothing like that. This, this author, Moses, he's obviously aware of what he's writing, what he's saying, and, and what happened that day. So I'm, I'm not at all concerned about this being a contradiction. What this does, rather, is it makes us investigate the nature of God and how he can manifest himself to mankind. There is a part of God that cannot be seen. Now, this is obvious just to the natural mind. We cannot look around and, and see God because he doesn't exist in the physical form like us. He's beyond creation. He's above it. He is a spirit, and we can't see that. So that, that's not a struggle for us to wrap our heads around. If you believe in a God, then you would also believe that he exists outside of time, space, and matter. So the fact that God cannot be seen, we're fine with that. But how is it that Moses was able to see his face? God, although he exists outside of time, space, and matter, he is not limited to the spiritual realm. God can step into the physical realm and manifest himself if he so desires. Who are we to limit God and put him in a box and say, okay, God is a spirit, so that's where he's at and he can never introduce himself in a physical fashion. That wouldn't be consistent with the idea of an all-powerful being. We read all throughout the Old Testament that people saw God. Abraham saw the Lord in Genesis chapter 18 in verse number 1 and carried on a long conversation with him towards the end of that chapter. Genesis chapter 32, Jacob wrestled with the Lord. You can compare that with Hosea chapter 12 and get some commentary on that. There uh, in Exodus 24, we read where Moses and some of the elders of Israel went up on, a, on Mount Sinai and God came down and they saw God, the Bible says. So there are instances where God has manifested himself in some physical way, taken on some physical form. I, I would assume in all of those occasions I've just mentioned, it's an angelic form that he took on. And then, of course, the greatest example of this is when Jesus uh, walked the earth. In John, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, and verse number 18, John presents a, a very similar situation to what we have in Exodus. In verse 18, John wrote, No man hath seen God at any time. Well, that's clear. That matches Exodus 30 through 20. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. 
So what are we learning here? No one has seen the natural essence of God, that is the Father. But in the person of Jesus Christ, you are seeing the only part of God that can be seen, and that is his human manifestation. In, in that same chapter, John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Word is God. The Word was made flesh. And that's verse 14. Verse 18, he says, No man seen God. This is not John contradicting himself within a matter of four verses. This is John understanding, just as Moses understood, there's a part of God that cannot be seen, the Father, his natural essence, his natural form, if we can say it that way. And then there's a part of God that can be seen, and that is however he wants to physically manifest himself in the Old Testament, in that angelic form, and then in the person of Jesus in human form. Now, this is consistent with what we see in Philippians chapter 2, the, the way I'm using this terminology about the form of God and, and uh, how he manifests himself. In Philippians 2 and verse 6, Paul's talking about Jesus, and he says, who being in the form of God. Now, what is that form of God? That's his natural form, his natural essence or appearance, if you will, that, that spiritual form that cannot be seen. So it says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. So God can take on another form. And this, I believe, helps explain what happened in Exodus 33. It, it, it uh helps explain what John is talking about in John chapter 1, that there is a part of God that cannot be seen, but if he so desires, he can manifest himself in the Old Testament in an angelic form, and of course in the New Testament in the person of Jesus. So I hope that uh, helps explain what's going on in Exodus chapter 33. If you have any further questions about it, please feel free to leave it in the comment section below. If you have any questions at all, you can find us on our Facebook page, Bible Baptist Church of Pachastrum. Or if you're in town, please feel free to swing by for our Sunday services. And I hope you have a great day further.